Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Please consider supporting Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. Uh, they are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Creative control, creative control Comedy, art, and sometimes rock and roll Let's do a public opinion poll Raise your hand if you love creative control Cause when Vish is unleashed, well you... Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there I was just working on a tribute song to my favorite podcast, Creative Control, with Vish Khanna. My name is Matthias, and I play in a band called The Burning Hell, but more importantly, I support Creative Control on Patreon, and I think you should too. Quality long-form arts journalism is like a magical talking unicorn. It definitely exists, but it can be really hard to find. Fortunately for us, Vish makes it easy with hundreds of funny, thought-provoking, well-researched and engaging interviews with artists from all over the world. Your flexible monthly donation on Patreon will get you plenty of special exclusive treats and help Vish keep his podcast well-fed and cared for properly, the way a magical unicorn deserves. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol today. Noah 23 is an extraordinary lyricist, MC, artist, musician, and hip-hop producer based in Guelph, Ontario. Originally from Mississippi, Noah has been performing and releasing music for more than 25 years, collaborating with an array of high-profile musicians and producers, and creating a prolific and awe-inspiring discography that captures his unique strengths as a brilliant, critically-thinking songwriter and also one of the best rappers alive. After a six-year hiatus, Noah23 is back with an excellent new album called Icosi Tria, which is out via Plague Language on February 23rd, 2023. 
And Noah and I connected recently to discuss things like uh, Guelph life and numerology, synchronicity and how much of his past raps have anticipated the current state of the world, whether or not reality is real, temporality, toad venom and pharmacology, why 23 is significant to him and his life, why he retires sometimes, the incredible list of collaborators on his new album, future plans and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in the wonderful city of Guelph, Ontario and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 751 of Creative Control featuring the lovely and talented Noah 23 with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hey, Noah, how's it going? Hey, Vish, it's going pretty well, man. Uh, good to hear from you. Yeah, you too. It's been a long time. I, If I may, I miss you. I miss Guelph. How are things going? And I assume, oh, sorry, I, I've jumped ahead. Are you in Guelph today? I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I most definitely am in Guelph. And uh, it's actually kind of probably more like your weather. We we got a late winter. It's been really mild all winter, pretty warm. And uh, But we did get hit with a bit of a storm a couple of days ago. So it's pretty snowy right now. I heard about this. I talked to my parents and they said it was there. They're nearby in Cambridge. And they said, yeah, there's like a is bonkers. So welcome to hell. This is what it's kind of like all the time, frankly. Yeah, I can't uh, imagine uh, how it is out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Actually, we had a really mild week. If 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 we want to talk about the weather, it was all like above six. It was like six degrees Celsius, uh, plus plus six, oh, not okay. minus. But okay. but but that was yesterday. Today, like minus fourteen. It is, eh, some climate. some reprieve though is nice. Uh, yes, it was nice. Yes, uh, in a grand in the grand scheme of things, because I miss it. How's Guelph doing? Would you say uh, how is Guelph doing for you? Uh, my Guelph is is pretty good. I uh, am downtown a lot, and uh, I'm around. I don't go out a lot uh, in the night. I'm more in the day. But uh, Guelph is good. You know, people are a little isolated from one another. I think everywhere nowadays. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it still has its sense of Guelphiness. It's still intact. Okay. All right. So it's not <laughs> hasn't changed too much. Sometimes when I have Guelph guests on, uh, I selfishly say, "Hey, does Guelph miss me and my family? Is it doing okay?" And they say, hey, you know, you you guys are missed, but we're, you know, stuff is starting to happen again and we're doing stuff. But you you said something interesting. You're not going out as much at night. Is that a new thing for you uh, to not go out as much at night? I, I think it's just the influence of the planet Saturn giving me a strict regimen and a whole <laughs> lot of discipline to work with. And, uh, and uh, you know, just working hard on this uh, this rollout ahead of time and the timing of everything uh, had me kind of just on point in general. So I'm just kind of, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting older. I, I, I like to wake up really early and just uh, start working on stuff. So I see that's kind of my routine these days. Yeah. You're a hard worker. It's something I've all, long admired about you. Uh, it comes through in all the work you do. So I'm very thrilled for you. This new record is amazing, but I must begin by suggesting to you that even though I hear it, pronounced uh on the record 
Can you tell the folks what it's called? I'm nervous I'm going to say it wrong. What's the name of this I, record? I say it wrong on the record. I, I pronounce it as Icocytria, but it's properly pronounced, I believe, Icocytria. Oh, okay. Did you know this before you mispronounced it? Or you're like, well, damn, that's I, I didn't did. know, you know, A-E-I-O-U. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it is what it is but i yeah no i have a a gracious guest host on the album who's from greece and that's the voice you hear uh throughout mm-hmm. and uh so that's pretty cool um uh, you know she's she's from there and i had a few people send me vocal samples and i picked the one that i liked i liked the best so okay and, and do you want to name name the person who's the guest i have to look at her actually her name is amazing but i don't want to say it oh, wrong. okay um, okay so i, I have right. to look it up it's on my Bandcamp page um she's okay. got a, a fantastic greek name so yeah check it out okay now just to clarify for people listening however you pronounce the album name uh let's go with ekosi tria this is the greek word for 23 is that correct exactly yeah now it is 2023 noah i've known you a long time the whole time I've known you, I believe you have been Noah 23. I know you've probably talked about this numerous times. I was looking back at some of our old uh, interviews recently, and I didn't see myself asking you too much about uh, your interest in numbers and things like that. Uh, I don't know if, is it technically numerology? I was worried I was saying the wrong thing. Are you interested in numerology? Yeah, um, definitely. I'm interested in esoteric stuff in general so astrology a lot more so and uh the numerology aspect i yeah that's where i got my name um but it's kind of something i didn't know as much about until recently i've been learning more about numerology so that's kind of cool but yeah i kind of got it just from the the cultural like meme that was invented by william burroughs initially and it was kind of like picked up by robert anton wilson the writer of the illuminatus trilogy as well as like Genesis P. Orge and, and other kind of countercultural figures. So I view 23 as sort of a countercultural signifier in general of things that are underground and of synchronicity specifically. So it's sort of tied into a lot of punk rock mythical figures, you could say, you know. Alternative ways of thinking, alternative information. I used to learn so much from just listening to your records where I'm like, what the heck is Noah talking about? <laughs> you know, not, you know, it's an interesting time, Noah, because like conspiracy theories abound in the mainstream and people don't be- mm. believe. I don't know. I've talked about this with other people. I'm a bit confused. As punks, we would question authority and feel good about it. And nowadays to question authority is maybe putting you at odds with science and all sorts of, you know, real information. Do you have any perspective on that, given all the alternate sources you tend to look into and read? Yeah, I mean, it would be a complex thing to unravel. I guess I I could say, in a way that connects it to my work, is that I've always felt a little ahead of the curve and that I was sort of trying to communicate the chaos of the future to people. Mm -hmm. So I think it is... It's interesting to note that my label is called Plague Language, <laughs> yes. and that <laughs> and that v- viruses are a long running motif through all my work. I have songs called Quarantine, yeah. lyrics about vaccines, and this is all for decades, yeah. like a decade preceding any of this. Decades, two, three decades. Yeah. So I find that very interesting. I just think that 
whatever it is through the nature of my work um, being so chaotic that and random that sometimes it, you, you do tap into a through a threshold bigger than yourself um, the new sphere if you will and sometimes you're plucking down and, and also with the help of psychedelics um, huh. accompanied through art yeah. through art and uh, a lot of this stuff I find that it's interesting because the music is is predictive in some ways so I find that interesting um that's sort of a side note about you know that's on a tangent in regards to like the authority question and stuff, I don't really play the cultural games, which is, and it is what I do. I, I honestly think the CIA, whatever it is, dictates a lot of narratives that exist in the world these days, whether it's the CIA or some other, mm-hmm. you know, kind of important faction. I definitely personally do not like to engage in anything that's mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just am like, where I like to take it is immediately to who, who won the Nobel Prize recently. They proved that local reality doesn't exist. Mm. So this and so in science, we're talking about science. Yeah. Science just predicted that if you are not there, it doesn't exist. Mm. And they predicted that and won the Nobel Prize. So this is saying that local. So the tree falls in the forest. It's not there because you as an observer are not there. So my point is with this is what I'm trying to say is where I give my attention to is what exists in my world and in my life. And I don't like any outer influence, basically. uh, As (laughs) I basically listen to the spirits and to the quiet inner chaos of my own world. (laughs) That's all that I, I give credence to. Well, that's super, super. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's, that's punk rock. No, it is. I think questioning things is punk rock, but I also think we're in a weird logic zone where logic isn't being followed or it's being dismissed. Right. And then you're talking, you're talking. Right. It's a chaotic, scary, crazy, <laughs> fucked up world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you're talking about almost philosophical stuff like the tree falls in the forest. Does anybody hear it? If they're not there, and now you're extending that into, but, did that even but it's happen? Science. They, they yeah. won the Nobel Prize. I mean these these are these are real scientists. So what is the? Right? Can I don't? I'm so I'm I'm just saying <laughs> nobody I know has been sick. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, in my world, that's all I'm saying. That's all. Wait that a I'm minute, you're saying, saying nobody um, you know has had? You know, I'm very. I I mean, yeah, I'm an old school conspiracy theorist, right? So I predate. So I'm horrified by, uh, you know, a lot of the, obviously the conspiracy theorists nowadays and stuff, you know, I'm, I'm horrified by the, just the world in general. Um, people, people have lost their, their marbles. So this is what I mean is, is I'm basically in my own little cubby hole, like a squirrel. Like <laughs> I don't, I have no interest in any of these topics per se. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to, I, I mean, it's, it's, I do, but I don't. It depends on the topic, and I definitely think things are fishy. So, yeah, we could we could say it like that. Well, I, <laughs> I'm suspicious of of all reality. I, I'm okay. Let me let me tie it tie it in with Philip K. Dick. Sure, my new album is is I, I joke that it's executive produced by Philip K. Dick, <laughs> and uh, he believed that like that realities overlap, and that ancient Greece was overlapping with his current reality in California at the time. Philip Kiddick was very, and, he, and his name, like Horse Lover Fat, it ties into his lore and everything. So I have a horse on my album. My album's kind of like a Philip K. Dick dream sequence. 
But Philip K. Dick was super, super suspicious of reality. And that's something that I feel lately. Hmm. I mean, with AI, with, with all, like, what is the nature of reality is my question. I'm not as much concerned with the wars of humanity and the ideological wars and trajectories. I, I want to get to the root. I want to smash through reality. Why are we alive? Yeah. I can't just function as a normal person day-to-day life without. I've been like this since a child, sitting in my room, horrified by the fact I'm alive. Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I alive? Yeah. Right. <laughs> So this is the kind of stuff that interests me. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I could give you a certain opinions if you have a specific question about a specific yeah. modern sure. topic. Sure. But, but I think that people have lost their minds every which way, you know, about everything. And I think it's been planned by, by something, you know? Mm. So, okay, no, listen, I, I, I mean, I think people want us to have our minds, our minds scrambled is what I, I'm saying. You know? Which people who wants us to have our minds scrambled? Hmm, the global elite corporations, just power systems yeah. control. No, no, I, I appreciate that. I think that they, if I may speak generally, the people you're alluding to, the entities you allude to know that we're, they're better off if we're distracted and scared. That's their favorite thing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh of so, course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So you said a few things there that I wanted but, to But, help. you know, if you want to get juicy, like I'll talk about how Bill Gates is a Jesuit. But really, I don't, I don't even know any <laughs> of the conspiracies. I don't know. I keep it simple. Okay. I keep these things simple. The Jesuits founded Canada and killed all the indigenous children. Right. But if you go on Bill Gates' website, he's giving, raising money for Jesuits. So I don't need to look into conspiracy. I, I just look at what's on my nose. Yeah. What is the basic, is most simple? Who are the people who are the colonialists, who are the murderers? And who's in, who's in unison? Yeah. I, I don't look into it. I don't have time. I'm creating poetry and art and things that are beautiful is what I'm interested in. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you don't have to look very far or, or make things complicated. We know who the evil people are. They're, they, <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, you, you said something there that I want to, uh, you know, but I'm not, a, but I don't have a specific opinion about COVID. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not smart enough. I don't know anything about No, no, no. And I don't necessarily, I'm not asking you about that. I mean, you yourself said a few things there that I want to unra- unpack because A, you say, sure. You, you said something <laughs> about the local, Local uh, reality thing, um, and which I find interesting because, in theory, if you, I, I'm just fixated on local. In theory, the most realistic things in our lives are the things that are happening when we ourselves go outside and go to the store or go see people. Like that is, in a in a sense, tangible. That's reality. That's tangible reality, right? So on on the one hand, everything that we hear about is mediated enough that someone could make the put forth the theory that that's not real. That's just a a figment of something or something. I, I don't know enough about these Nobel Prize winners you're talking about, but that was interesting to me. The second thing you said is for decades, and this is true. I can anyone listening who isn't familiar with Noah's work. Literally for decades, Noah has been talking, like he said, his his own record label is called Plague 
language, which we are engaged in speaking right now, plague language. <laughs> uh, you've been talking about vaccines and alternate health. Uh, Noah, you know, I'll tell you something. I was going to text you or message you that uh, somehow in the Moosewood cookbook, Michelle stumbled upon the uh, classic Aquarius uh, tofu dish recipe that I used to ask you about. <laughs> like, how do you make this thing? And she figured it out. And I'm like, oh, my God. This reminds me of my earliest days in Guelph. Aquarius was a wonderful vegan vegetarian restaurant and uh, Noah used to work there. And I would, uh, I think you did actually once give me the recipe and I must have misplaced it. Anyway, my point is you have been on a, a different track, a different track, a different plane for a long time. What does that mean though? If nothing's real and you don't know if everything's kind of a simulation, what could it possibly mean that you've been prescient, that you've been talking about this for decades and now some of that stuff is commonplace, common language, stuff that everyone is trying to deal with? Yes, you're ahead of the curve, but is that real? Is this real? That's what I'm getting at from your perspective. Um, well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> you, do you mean do you mean existence? Is that what no? You mean? I mean, if you've been talking about something, and I'm not saying you, I don't get the imp- oh, I, I don't, you, oh, you mean my yeah, like I don't, my, I don't get like, the impression you're some sort uh, of, and I, we can talk about it if you want, but I don't get the impression you're necessarily a COVID denier, an anti-vaxxer, anything like that. But maybe you are. We can find out. I just was maybe I just didn't know if you were trying to infer that or not. But either way, I'm vaccinated yeah. for the people who if you need yeah, to know. You wear, you wear masks. I've seen I've seen that. You seem like you're 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 treating this like a real yeah, real I, thing. It's not I, that. I kind of go in the middle. Of yeah. the, but, you know, at the end of the day, I want everybody to die. Is that is that the case? Is that the message you want to send out into the world? No, you want everyone to die. Is that true? Well, no, definitely not. And what I'm what I you know would like to focus on is is what you were saying about your day in and day out. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's real. Your family, yeah. your family. You know, I, I really like just want to be a folk hero to triumph the proletariat. Like that's you know well. Every day I work, I walk around, just go to work. Very simple stuff. But yeah, no, is it real? Like, do you mean my mystical lyricism? Yes. No, I know your lyrics are real. (laughs) What I'm saying is, based on what you were just talking about, anyone can go through your discography from, let's say, 2001 and pick up on things you said then that are hyper pertinent now in terms of both the plague and that's going on, but also alternative ways of thinking because where we're at where i struggle is when you and i were both in guelph for me i arrived in the mid 90s we tended to uh work within a realm of people who questioned things we were punks we were hip-hop fans or hip-hop artists and we and those two and there's the guelph jazz festival which i think the underlying concept of some of that music is to question things question convention and put forth challenging ideas. And I think most of the music that in art and culture that you and I are, have been drawn to does that. However, some of that stuff was like anti-government, like we don't we we don't have to listen to the authorities. And and often it was sort of the right-wing conservative people saying, "No, you have to we have to rule of law. Government should tell us what to do sort of." I mean, it's a complicated thing because a lot of them are also anti-government because they think that they're giving out money to people who need it, and that's bad. Anyway, this is very complicated. All I'm saying is, in a reductive way, it seems to me that the angry punks, hip-hop, jazz fans 
who are railing against the government 20 odd years ago, some of us are like, well, maybe we should actually listen to the government at this point. And then the people really challenging those lines of thought would have been, I think, the people who would have been totally for it 20 years ago. Like the people who are like freedom convoy and protests and like we used to remember that Guelph was big on this, like theater, agitprop. You know what I'm getting at? And now I feel like it's been stolen by the by the right wing people. And like, I don't agree. And it's putting me in a weird spot as a punk. Like I I'm confused. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's I guess it's weird. Um. I just have so little interest in any of this discourse. Like, yeah, to okay. be honest with yeah, you, fair enough. like I get what you're saying and I completely agree with you, but I have zero interest in it. And, yeah. and like zero. Yeah. Like, obviously most like right wing people are dingbat idiot morons, mm-hmm. but like, I know left wing people so paranoid from COVID that they attack people on the street for stepping too close to them. Right. So like, People are fucking crazy. And this is what I'm telling you is I don't care about any of it. And you're saying, you're saying I care about it's me and my life and my my world. I I don't, I don't, they, they want people to have opinions. This is my whole point. This has been, you know, like people just, it's meme wars, the meme wars. (laughs) I've been talking about meme wars since, since a long, long time. Yeah like since the 90s so anyway it's just meme wars that's all that's all i'm gonna say okay so listen what does this do for you like you're you're identifying i'm i'm doing my best to tell people that noah 23 has been ahead of the curve you acknowledge it you're self-aware of this you think on your lyrics and your expression you're like holy shit i've been talking about this for 20 30 years does this spook you out are you weirded out that you might have been prescient or how do you live with noah how do you live with yourself? How can you be? You often, you know, you've lyrically called yourself the Guelph Oracle. Some of us believe it. You might actually be an Oracle at this point. Like, it's true. Your whole catalog has has predicted the future, if you will, or anticipated it. I don't even know what the right word is, because you might be. And it's, it's, yeah. It's at the expense of a self. Hmm. When you traverse that far into the, the subconscious realms, you lose a little bit of your your own personhood. Yeah. And those things are connected. I've tried to, uh, you know, unite both of those facets, like my psychedelic, um, um, like, wanderings with uh, just being, like, a regular person. Um, and that's how I live with myself. I, I've had a lot of ups and downs over the years, and... Um, really a certain certain psychedelic uh, exploration has actually granted me peace and clarity and a lot of the ability to live a normal life which i should actually say uh, probably about 2018 i uh, did dmt5 meo which is the toad medicine i i don't know what that is oh yeah that's the first song in your record it's called toad venom and i that's the other thing i learned from noah's music uh, everyone is uh, more about drugs uh, or, or, or whatever, mind expanding substances. Pharmacology. Pharma- and, well, yes. Entheogens. I prefer entheogens, yeah. which implies, uh, the, the presence of God, the theos. Okay. Entheogens. Okay. They're bringing us closer to God. And that's, that's my point on this is that, uh, the toad venom definitely, um, you know, I've always been a, a psychedelic explorer, cosmonaut. I've tried 
all different things from Hawaiian wood rose seeds, you know, all kinds of different things. Um, but uh, a few years ago, I guess about 2018, I uh, had the, the experience of the toad. I did it a few times and it was life changing. I just got to say uh, right off the bat in this modern world that is so chaotic and uh, frenzied and, and hard to deal with. And, uh, you know, I suffer anxiety like everybody. I suffer from all the same things. I don't want to pretend like I'm anything special at all. Yeah. It's hard for me to wake up every day to, to, to live life just like anybody else. But I do think that psychedelics, in my case, have been a blessing. This is what allowed me to make this record, probably that experience. Um, it allowed me to, to get over myself, mm. spiritually, mentally, physically, everything. And um, to just really just let go and then come back to it. So, yeah, uh, that's, are, I don't know. I don't know you, what we're talking are you, about. <laughs> are you specifically saying that toad venom in particular has enabled you to do things that other psychedelic pharmacology hasn't? Oh, yeah. It's, one of, it's, it's, it's stronger than normal DMT. It's the strongest psychedelic compound known to man. Hmm. And how do you get, are you hunting um, the toads? How do you get the toad venom? Are you just out every day well, no, and, in and, the morning? And actually, that, that's part of it. <laughs> it's the Sonoran Desert toad. So people, you know, in Arizona or whatever, um, they do harvest the secretions from the toad, which I do not advocate. Um, I see. This is a, okay. synthetic, a synthetic lab version of oh. 5-MeO-DMT. So, huh. um, yeah, it was just gifted to me, to be honest with you, you know. Synthetic toad venom. That doesn't so, uh, seem like the. This doesn't seem like the organic Noah twenty three that I know. So you're getting <laughs> lab based. <laughs> no lab based. Well, no everything. Toad. I mean, you have endogenous DMT in your brain. I mean, we all. Oh, okay. are, your whole experience of life is is through chemicals through your brain, through yeah. endogenous drugs. Like every, you cannot divorce consciousness from drugs. Like you are made of drugs. Well, I appreciate that. I often feel like I'm made of drugs. That's how I live my life every day. You're a every Sagittarius. It's the, it, I am. It's the sign of party. Is it? It doesn't seem to drive with yeah, my the, general way of, of being. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty straight laced, you know. I don't go out all. The, anyway, no, that's okay. I'm well, you're, you, you are a fun, but you're a fun person. You're I fun. try to be. Oh, thank you. I appreciate. That. I try to be. I try to be fun. I appreciate that. Now, listen to me, though. I want to ask you something because I'm. But naive I thought we about... were talking about music and not all this politics and weird stuff that I got me amped up and well, out listen. of my pocket. You're a the fir- good the journalist because first... I'm the... <laughs> <laughs> the first song on your record is called Toad Venom. I was going to get us there because I feel like some of this. You called your record here. Let me just give people. I wanted to talk about numerology initially. That's what started all this because you named your record after the Greek True. word for 23. It comes out on February 3rd, 2023, which if you look at it is two slash three slash 23. 23 in particular. And I don't know if we got there. I think you did talk a little bit about it. And there's samples on this record. Uh, and I don't know how real they are of people explaining the weird. Uh, significance, if not coincidence, about twenty three. Should oh, we that's just Peter qu- Peter Fonda? I that's that's right. That's Peter Fonda. So, can we talk a little bit about that a bit more? Like, because you've had this name forever since I've basically since I've known you. Do you remember why twenty three first stuck out to you, and why 
Like, this is significant. This is your first album, I think, in five years. It's coming out on 2-3-23, and it's named 23. I think it's worth just, I, again, I hate to do banal, like, why did you name something something? But come on, 23 is significant to you. Can you just expand upon that a little bit before we get into this record? Yeah, most definitely. Um, back in 1998, I would have been um, 20, maybe 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. I uh, was reading a book, The Illuminatus Trilogy by Robert Anton Wilson. Right. And um, I had a 23 on my T-shirt that day. Uh, I think it was like a green bay. It was green and yellow. And then I was reading through this passage early in the book, and it went into a whole uh, chapter about William Burroughs and the 23 Enigma and how William Burroughs had founded uh, the synchronicities uh, through newspaper clippings, and he kind of started the the whole shtick. But I had looked at the publishing date of the book, and I was like, this is 23 years after the publishing date. Mm-hmm. I have a 23 on my T-shirt, and I was like, this is, this is very strange. Mm. So, you know, with that, I basically became Noah 23, like, from that moment. Um, so I was probably about 20 years old. I had a strange experience, too, then with William Burroughs, where I was talking about him a lot, and then he died, I saw on the news. So I kind of felt like when he died... I became the new like arbiter of all things 23. Oh, okay. So again, s- some sort of cosmic And there's there's much more too. Yeah. <laughs> there's some you believe in uh, I don't want to I, I I think we've given an impression of what you believe uh and why you believe these things, but you're not averse to thinking there's some cosmic intervention in your life. So if if I may put it that way, is that a way of putting it? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, most definitely. Because, like, I'm looking at, like, first of all, I, I haven't said... 23s and, and more in other ways, too. Yeah. As far as the 23 thing, um, like, there's been a lot more of, you know, strange coincidences. Like, when Jim Carrey made that lousy movie, which is pretty lousy. Well, they came out on February... Uh, it might have came out February 23rd, but in the movie, it, the movie begins on February 3rd. And the movie ends on February 10th. And my birthday is February 10th. Mm-hmm. So I did think it was strange. The culmination of the film, the major Hollywood production, that's about 23, that the movie finishes and it's on my birthday. So that's another strange uh, yeah. tidbit. Yeah. So these aren't even coincidences. There, I'm not joking. There's something about you as a figure in my life and a figure in the world that is connected to something in the universe. I'm serious about this. I'm, I know this might sound zany wacky but something's going on with you and i think that's where yeah, co- yeah synchronicity and coincidence are are definitely something and that that's the whole idea of following the 23 enigma the whole idea is that what you look for you'll find and that's really what the meaning is so if you're thinking about now certain things it's something about the mentalism of the universe because it's just what you think about. It's just like you might think about Cheerios, and then you're going to see a bowl full of Cheerios. It could it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. And this happens a lot when I listen to music. I believe that the construction of the, the universe is, to some degree, holographic and fractal, mm-hmm. and our experience through time is fractal. So we pick up on coincidences and synchronicities like that. So the number 23 in and of itself, it doesn't mean anything specifically. It's just the the impact that has now been attributed to it culturally, it's a signifier of all things that are uh, sort of revolutionary or spastic, you know? Yeah. You know, as humans, 
we have a tendency to contemplate other planes, afterlife, these sorts of things. Uh, organized religion does this. I think some conspiracy theories do this. Uh, I think people take certain substances for some, some form of escapism. Do you think any of what you've gone through, uh, or what you're, what we're talking about today, rather, in terms of there's an underlying feeling among a lot of people in the world that the existence we have now can't be it? You know, the philosophical questions you you were alluding to earlier, like, why am I here? Why are we here? What are we doing? I feel like there's a lot of that in, I'm going to go get hammered. I'm going to just zone out on whatever drug. I need to escape this. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've said this to my wife, particularly during the pandemic, like, you might find this hard to believe, but to influence our children, I have a no screens at the table policy, which means no telephones at the table. For And I mean, they don't even have telephones, they're too young, but they have their little devices. And I've said, no, when we're at the dinner table, breakfast table, whatever, there's no screens. But my wife falls into it. And sometimes I've caught her. We're all gone and she's still like scrolling. And I'm not just, I'm just saying this is a thing. And I think I've said to her, I this is you escaping. We're all just constantly trying to escape reality because it's kind of fucked up or depressing or whatever. It's not all negative. I think people just want an alternate experience for a while. So all I'm getting at with this ramble is, do you think any of where your mind tends to go is a little bit about transcending mainstream, boring, regular life? And that's why you escape into your character as Noah 23, as an artist, as someone who seeks alternate lines of thought and realities, if you will. Does any of this resonate with you? Do you think it's just some form of like, this sucks, I want to go somewhere else? <laughs> um, no, I mean, the way you articulated that definitely uh, it sounds true. I, I think it, it's both. I think that we have the tendency to want to... Uh, it, it's both. I think we want to escape the world, but we also want to explore um, yeah, make sense of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these things that we do, that we take, or that we try to—I mean, honestly, if you think, well, see, this you, is the thing. This is—I yeah. mean, for me personally, I don't do any hard drugs. This is—I—I. I, uh, this is what they use the toad venom to get people off of drugs. Right. right. Um, so I—I'm still an advocate for like antigens and stuff, but definitely, I am super preachy about staying off of. Xanax and opiates and cocaine, especially like yeah. all of these hard drugs and alcohol. Yeah. I'm California sober, so I'm just on weed. Let's just be clear <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean just you though. I'm I'm saying broader broader but, culture. But because yeah. so I just want to differentiate yeah. the difference between certain drugs that are escapist drugs mm-hmm. and certain drugs that are psychedelic or antigens that are more for um exploring your mind and and that kind of thing, which you wouldn't be doing on a daily basis to escape the month. You know they're I see. You know, yeah. um, although microdosing is becoming popular, so I'm big about that. Microdosing is super beneficial. But um, I definitely agree with you what, that as a culture, we're all trying to escape, whether it's just the mundane or the hustle bustle, like the pressure. There's a lot of different things we want to escape. It. The isolation, we're trying to connect. Yeah. It feels to me like... I don't know that humanity has really just reached its conclusion of sorts Mm. and technology will either be its demise 
or it's blossoming. Like we really, I don't, I personally have no idea. It's, it's, but we aren't the same animal. We're technological. And with AI, like AI, this decade is going to like really break open, break open oblivion and let us have a peak. So yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, I don't know. I, I don't know either, but I think I think I, you I, I just I think in your lyrics still want to find out why we're here. Yeah, and I think in your lyrics you are trying to provide people with a bit of an like when you when you express yourself with alternate ways of thinking that aren't part of the mainstream, that is part of getting people like just getting us to think about things is a kind of mild form of escapism. What if you thought about things differently? Maybe that would change your life. And I feel like in some of your lyrics on this record and in the past, they're kind of getting to that. Like, I, I don't know if I'm articulating this as clear as I could, but like when I think of songs like, I don't know, tarot cards or even cryptozoologist or, or alternate calendar, like there's just this sense of like, there's something else to think about. I know you're also like, just so people don't get it twisted. Noah is very funny. Like you're a very funny writer too. And I think some things are tongue in cheek, but I think there's an also like, what if you just, gave yourself five minutes to think about things differently, what would that do to your day? What would that potentially do to your life? Um, because I know when I discovered punk and some of the authors you describe, like alternate ways of just pondering the world, psychology, it's changed me. It's completely changed me, right? So that has changed my path in life is just certain kinds of information. And so I, on, beyond anything else, beyond being, by the way, today at breakfast, we were listening to your new record, as you may recall, my son, when they were very young, they glommed on to Noah 23. But as you might also imagine, as the years go by, even though they used to ingest by their own choice, they loved the Ramones. And now I was like, remember the Ramones? They're like, the who? No, the who's a different band. Uh, that's a dad joke. <laughs> you know, everything kind of comes and goes. But I, we were listening to you today and I said out loud, isn't it amazing that one of the best rappers in the entire world is from Guelph. And my son went, who? I'm like, this, it's Noah. He's like, oh, right, Noah 23. Right, right, right. Anyway, I think you are really great, Noah. And and I, I really always appreciate your abilities and your skills. But there's something about what you've been conveying. Would you agree there's a chance that some of it has maybe altered? I know this is going to, you're going to be, it's going to be hard for you to admit this. Is there any part of you that when you're putting forth stuff, you're like, maybe I might alter someone a little bit. Maybe they'll think differently about things. Does that ever occur to you? Uh, I guess um, maybe here and there. It, mostly only if people send me a message or something. Um, I guess I I may think about how stuff is perceived in a general way, but I, I'm yeah. kind of trapped in the in the art when I'm kind of yeah. making it. Um, I guess I would hope so. <laughs> you cited William I, you, William Burroughs and Philip K. Dick. Like I these are people who changed the world. I think you've changed the world in your own little way. I think you know the thing we always those who those of us who love you are always like, why the fuck are more people not paying attention to Noah? But you're in your own lane, and that's. Uh, have you reconciled yourself with that? I guess like that you're still sort of an underground. Do you even are you still an underground MC? Do you feel that well, way? Well, that that. <laughs> Well, the the ironic part is that taking a break um, and then coming back, I have more fans and more listeners and everything than ever. Yeah. So it's it's the amount of pressure I used to put on myself that I got rid of. Yeah. Um, through taking a break. Yeah. 
and uh, really just got in touch with uh, doing music for for the pure love of doing music. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine really changing the world, I guess. But I mean, it's I do think about that stuff like quantum physics type of stuff, like everything is constantly altered and, and shifting. And I'm just trying to keep my head above water. And I'm really honestly like blessed to be alive and blessed to be creating yeah. like a lot. So I just feel super, super, super thankful that I have the, the headspace to be doing it. So. I appreciate that. And, and I do too. You mentioned the coming back thing. So just so people understand, I believe it's been five years uh, since you last released uh, music. First of all, is that correct? Maybe. Yeah, maybe six. Uh, like I released a few mixtapes, but it was all old material. None of it was new. Okay. So, so it's been, there may have been a couple compilations, but uh, yeah, it, there's been no new projects, I think, since 2017. Yeah. So you mentioned that the I think you just explained and articulated why you took the break and why it maybe helped you. It was the pressure. Uh, I'll be candid with people and with you, Noah. Like you have retired more than. Once is that fair to Jay-Z. say? Yeah, you're the Jay Z or Barbara Streisand of retiring. You've retired a few times, right? Yes, yes. I retired any any time it's like an apocalyptic event. I like retire. So it's like 2012, 2023. Yeah, <laughs> anything like that. Right. Okay. So it's the, is it really? Are you joking? Is it the world events that cause you to retire? Uh, I don't know. And that sort of just ties me into something you said before about uh, like playing into my character and stuff. And it's definitely something that I try to be uh, like aware of mm. and try to do tongue in cheek, like you said. Um, so I definitely try to use this stuff like as a marketing angle, as funny, you know, some of the quirky things that I may have in the past looked at it, in it as a, a negative. I just try to kind of go with it. And, and yeah, I mean, so that's the whole thing. Like I make, apocalypse rap or whatever it is. So, you know, it's, makes sense. <laughs> okay, so you are in that time, when, when an artist takes a public break like this and then comes through with 23 incredible songs, those of us who know how things work know that the artist isn't just sitting back doing nothing for five or six years. When did you begin actually working? Like, So you, you, you will yourself to take a break let's say six years ago from making a record, when did you actually begin the process of making this one? It took about exactly two years. It took one year to make. So it's been done for a year. And then I've been taking another year to get it manufactured and promoted and to roll out. So from the very beginning when I had nothing recorded or or started uh, to now, it's been exactly two years. Okay, but you you so you took by the earlier math you took about a four year break from actually doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, quite a while. I maybe only yeah. did one show. Yeah, it was quite a long break. I I probably did a couple music videos in there just so people knew that I was still alive. Yes, you you do <laughs> tend to put out these videos pretty much on the regular. Four years has got to be the longest time you've spent since. Yeah, it was actually kind of felt like a real, uh, like a real break. Yeah. What was it like? Did you were you did the thought occur to you that, well, this is actually okay. I don't, maybe I just won't do this anymore. Or were you like itching to get back at it? Um, I was just trying to enjoy life. Um, really get into my own, uh, uh, like sanity, just to try to reclaim my life in a, in a healthy way and stuff Mm -hmm. and just focus on family and friends and, and, and stuff like that. Um, 
Uh, and you just, I always have different interests and passions. So fashion and all the music that I listen to, and there's always stuff to, to kind of keep me, uh, keep me busy. I knew that I was going to do the 2023 record. Yes. So I tried to, I mean, like not to be super cheesy, but like seeds and all that, like, like things grow in darkness. So it's like, it's our, it's our rest when we sleep, our recuperation. Like it's, it's the whole balance of things. So take, you know, as big as the rest that I took now, it's giving me all the energy to, to have a huge release now. So. Yeah. As I, because I know your history a little bit, there are certain songs like, uh, heavy metal, uh, Timothy Leary. Um, those, put me in mind of conversations I've had with you over the years about early influences in your life, like heavy metal, I believe. And I, maybe it's, yeah, like I know you and I did an interview once and I think we were talking about your earliest musical influences. And was it your mother who got you like a Motley Crue record or something, a seven inch or something like that? Ex- that- yeah. Um, at Stone Road Mall, she gave me money to buy a cassette and that was my first cassette. And I oh, got it was a cassette. I got oh, okay. Yeah, shout at the devil. Uh, she, she got me Twisted Sister, a vinyl, I think, before that. But then my my first purchase that I made myself, yeah, was Molly Crew, shout at the devil. Right, and so, and I believe the Twisted Sister used to play on a Fisher Price record player. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> nice, nice. So so I was just thinking about that, and Timothy Leary. How do you know this, Tim? Well, you and I have done some interviews. That's how I know some some things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Timothy Leary was also an early influence, obviously, right? Yeah, and I keep thinking they need to make a a movie of his life. Yeah, because he was, was like doing all kinds of wild things. Like, it would make a fantastic movie. What I'm getting at, though, with those two songs in particular, and I think it pops up elsewhere, is when someone like you takes a break and comes back, and it's a big year for you and your way of thinking. It's the 23rd year of this century, so that everything's coming together. This suggests to me that you might be doing some level of stock taking or reflection. Um, does this record feel like that to you of kind of just looking at your life a little bit more than maybe other releases do? Um, I just think it was the, my, my place of peace and tranquility more that kind of, uh, gave this, this album its shape. I wanted to do something epic. I've done a few epic albums in the past. This one kind of reminded me of a uh, rock, paper, scissors, yeah. certain other epic yes. different albums. Yes. But um, when I did that, I was kind of in a dark place, actually sort of depressed. This was, a, I honestly just wanted to make, I didn't overthink it. I wanted to make something that was listenable. Mm. Um, I could have made it a lot more abstract and left field and strange, which is, I think what a lot of people want. But for me, uh, I just wanted to really make it listenable. Oh, man. Well, no, this is the weird conundrum for me. Not for me. I can see this being a conundrum for others. You are talking about, let's say, alternative ways of thinking and and sort of subversive ideas. And yet you are such a master of hooks. Like when you're singing on Fast Life, you're singing in over the years has just always like been so beautiful and melodic. And you're the king of amazing hooks. And sometimes you take your voice and you fuck it up, distort it and make it like demonic, but it still <laughs> has a sweetness to it. So I, um, yeah, no, I, it's extremely listenable and fun for me. I think you and I have had some mild arguments or debates in the past about, um, how my, I, 
I sound like such an old guy when I'm trying to process like new hip hop and new rap music because some of it doesn't speak to me and some of it does. And then when I look at it, I'm like, oh, you idiot. The stuff that you like kind of sounds like the stuff you used to like. Like, why can't you get into the newer stuff? Like my son likes some of it, but he's also just discovered Eminem. Him and his 11-year-old friends have just discovered Eminem. And so... There's no screens at the table, but I'll tell you there's lots of speed raps because my son was like, Hey, Papa, check this out. And he'll, they'll just go in, you know? And I'm like, wow, that's amazing in a way. Also, who got you into Eminem? Put them up, uh, Gift of Gab. Yeah, Gift. Oh, they love Gift of Gab. They love Black. Yeah. No, they absolutely. Go. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, <laughs> of course, the sweet spot for Gift of Gab fans is this, uh, Daniel Radcliffe doing the, alphabet rap on uh you've seen that right so there's like harry potter (laughs) can rap like that was the sweet spot there anyway all i'm getting at is it's very great it's a very listenable and accessible record because you have it's fair to say you don't like mainstream stuff but there's a pop you have a pop sensibility is that a fair way of putting it well i definitely uh listen to a lot of i don't know it's mainstream per se i definitely listen to a lot of what people would think of as mainstream rap nowadays a lot. So I do. And basically the way I think of it is there's not many people who do esoteric lyrics with a mainstream sound. So sometimes when I do that, it can, it can be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I listen to a lot of, uh, I mostly listen to some of it. It's hard to say, honestly, nowadays with the internet and it's hard to really know, um, how to how to gauge an artist uh you know if they're big if they're not yeah, yeah, like yeah it, it's kind of a strange time actually um but you know i listen to a lot of uh mainstream sounds yeah you know? well, but i don't when i say pop i mean like beach boys pop or whatever like you know like classic oh like right. you well, just have i don't mean like you're listening to the top 40 charts now if there's if there's even such a thing what i'm getting right, at right. is like okay, you I when see. you do a song like fast life it it can remind me of like not mo not mm. motown exactly that's the wrong comparison but you know what i'm getting at like it reminds me of i see what yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah. that's what i mean by pop yeah yeah um I don't know. It's always kind of worked, I think, to my detriment, uh, like the diversity. I, I like to compare myself to Ween. In a lot of ways, yeah. I make records that are hip hop records that are like Ween if they made rap. Because the album will be like a, an adventure, like a mixtape through genres. Um, I like to genre jump and one of the, the best and, and, and to have reverence instead of doing that in a superficial way. I like to genre jump with, with a sincerity. Yeah. And, uh, I think Ween, well, maybe they don't always <laughs> do it like, but I think they, they do love the different styles that they're playing. And that's the kind of the approach I take them. But I think, uh, it, through my career, it's definitely worked to my detriment mm. because I don't have a, a brand and people don't understand my music or what I'm about because every song is so different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, but at the end of the day, that's the brand. Like, so if people can figure that part out, then it's it's great. No, I mean, I, it appeals to me because there's the um, abstract and abstraction of language, of ideas. But then every, there's so many songs, like I mentioned Fast Life, Bed Up, Bed Up, Brain Eating Amoeba, Heavy Metal, The Hooks are so infectious and memorable that I'm drawn into the abstraction more. So you, I think what you've done is, mm-hmm. I, th- mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, quite clever. Yeah, I see what you're getting yeah, at. Yeah, you hook us and then we're like, oh, I really like this chorus or this hook. And then then you dial into like, wait a minute, what the hell 
planet is this guy describing? That's, that's a real Aquarius energy. Um, and like right now we're in Aquarius. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I try to put a lot of that into my music. And that that uh, itself is an Aquarius uh, quality, which is when you you give precedence to the individual, to individuality. Yeah and uniqueness yeah. but you also um have a huge appreciation for the group or the population at large so there's sort of i kind of i think i get some of that from just being an aquarius where i dial into being super um unique but also have a an appreciation for things that are very pop and very like normal yeah and that comes through in the production as well i'm looking at the track list right now and there's so you've done a, a fair amount of production yourself on this record but there's lots yeah. of guests we probably can't get to them all but can you talk about some uh highlights for you either as features or production like did you work with i don't even yeah you worked with so many different producers i don't know even know how we get into it because i think more or less they're all different producers right you didn't work with the same producer yes. just about i could give a brief synopsis yeah of, sure please about, do. about half of the producers are canadian Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is Ned Arb, uh, who's now in LA. He's one of little people, one of the producers, little people work with. Yeah. And then, uh, so he was originally Canadian though. People don't really know that, but, uh, there's a, a Russian, a Russian guy named jam. He made about four or five songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, a lot of them are kind of just different artists. Uh, I guess one of, uh, one I should mention is fresh kills. He's a great Canadian producer and he just released an album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of different producers, uh, um, but like I say, about half of them were Canadian and that was just sort of random. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, but as far as guests, yeah, we got killer priest from Wu-Tang. Yeah. Amazing. Spice girl perp. Yeah. Uh, Spice girl perp. She's from Kitchener. Yeah. Um, so that was a collab I've been wanting to do. And, um, definitely one of the biggest artists I was happy to work with is uh, DJ Lucas, mm-hmm. who I kind of found out about his work late, but, um, he's just, he's a legend. Uh, his dad used to book a lot of the shows the punk shows in Boston. And so DJ Lucas grew up around all kinds of uh, indie rock bands, dinosaur junior, all these kind of bands. So he has a really cool indie rock hip hop uh, approach. And I'm a giant fan of his. So it was, it was cool to have him on the album. Yeah. DJ Lucas, uh, when people get to the song bed up, like it's a frenetic flow. It does have kind of like a, almost a punk rock energy to his flow. And then Spice Girl Perp is just solid, just totally solid, interesting uh, verse. So, uh, sorry, I'm just giving a slight, uh, review of the album. Don't mean to do that for you, Noah, but, uh, just let, trying to let people know. Oh, that, no, it's great. It's, yeah, it's really, great. it's really amazing. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I messaged you, like, for me, it's just a thrill to hear, uh, Kill a Priest, uh, on here because to me, he sounds exactly like he might have sounded in 1994. And it also adds to the amazing list of people you've collaborated with in the past, you know, Cool Keith and, all, all sorts of people like uh cadence weapon like it's yeah anyway i'm just uh I, i'm happy for you and i love this record so i want to say thank you for coming back uh because you were missed and thank you for making uh another wonderful record um so what's coming up next for you do you have plans like uh touring or anything like that in this weird time i'm gonna do a couple shows i have a about four or five shows booked for Ontario at the moment and I'm trying to kind of reach out and uh, do some shows in the States in uh, other parts of Canada, uh, probably on the West coast mm-hmm. uh, later in the year. So things are kind of up in the air. Cause I've been so busy uh, with the rollout and the, 
everything kind of culminating right now. Yeah. Um, like today I have another radio interview and a video to shoot and it's just, it's been nonstop. So, um, yeah, yeah. So it's cool, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to be, uh, as uh, busy and uh, present as I can be, um, you know, to some degree. Yeah. No, that's great. Now, if people want to learn more about you, Plague Language, anything else, uh, where would you like to send them uh, so they can get more? And uh, Just to be clear, I'll provide some links in the podcast description and people can click on them to learn more about the record and, and Noah. But Noah, yeah, if you want to tell people where to go, that would be that would be helpful. What, what do you think? Um, maybe just check out my band camp. Um, yeah. That's probably the best place because uh, the new album's on a uh, vinyl, cassette, CD, and digital. That, you, you went all out. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I've been working really, really hard. Um, I'm dropping 23 videos, like through uh, throughout the whole rollout. So, oh, it's, nice. It's a lot of it's a lot of cool stuff. Hey, before I uh, forget, thank you so much for sending me the vinyl. It means a lot. That really, really means a lot. And I, I that's how I have had it playing in the house. So it's been it's been a pleasure. So thank you for that, and congratulations on that. It's Pressing plant delays and everything else, it's not easy to do these things anymore. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, thank you. Can I say thank you? Oh, <laughs> uh, thank, no, thank you, Vish. You're very welcome and um, happy birthday. I think I sent it a little late for your birthday. But. No, I appreciate you remembering. That's very sweet of you. No, I really do appreciate it. Now, if we can go out on a but song. Much love. You're, you're a bigger legend than me. I wanted to say you're a bigger legend than me now. So I just want to say much love to you. No, no, that's not true. I'm not a legend. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I don't think that's true, but thank you for saying oh, well, that. Oh, you I, are now. You're, well, you I guess you just, now. you anointed me, so it's true. It is, I tell you, I miss Guelph. I don't I don't know why I'm tying this together, but I do miss repping Guelph. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know if I miss, we had a, a house yeah. that was too small for us. The real estate market sucked. I We couldn't get jobs we liked, all that sort of stuff. You know, whatever. That's material capitalist bullshit. But I kind of miss repping Guelph. Do you know where I'm coming from? Like I just miss yeah. Yeah, representing course, the city. Of course, yeah, yeah, Royal City, man, Royal City. Yeah, I miss my town because I had a lot of pride in it, and I and I left under kind of sad, frustrating circumstances, and I miss it. So I just want to say that because uh, I know uh, <laughs> the Guelph hardcore people always give a bit of stink eye, side eye to the people who leave. Uh, and, uh, and I, I did, I, I, we've all done it, you know, like, oh, you're moving to Toronto, you're moving to Montreal, big, you know, but, uh, it was for family reasons and work reasons too. My wife's family's from, look, look at me. I'm apologizing to the Guelph Oracle. This is what's, this is what the interview is ending with. (laughs) No, no, no. I feel guilty. If I make it out to Edmonton, I'll let you know. Oh, absolutely. That would be great. And we're going to come visit. I'm on a rap battle your kid. (laughs) <laughs> that would be oh man i'm gonna get them ready for that no it's uh it's also like we expected to visit more and obviously it's been a hard time to travel anyway enough right, about me right. it's been, just I been see. sad i i it was also just lovely to get your record and hear your voice in that capacity and this capacity because i just miss it so i just want to say i don't want to get all emo and sentimental but i miss you and i missed uh, I miss seeing you around randomly, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, so this has been nice. This conversation has been nice, but I just love that you're, you made another fantastic record. So let's get out of my, um, you know, embarrassing spiel here and say, uh, Noah, if we can go out on a song, uh, from uh, this record that's coming out as people are hearing this, it's coming out in a, in a couple, in a day or two. Can you pick a song for us to go out on and tell us why you chose it? Oh, it's gotta be fast life. 
uh, produced by Ned Arb, uh, who I was talking about, and uh, with a, a screeching guitar solo from Andrew Collins, Guelph, Guelphite. Oh, my good friend, Andrew. Andrew. Yeah, my lovely yeah. friend, Andrew. That's great. Okay. All right. Well, do you want to say anything yeah. more about what inspired it or anything like that? Oh, um, I, I, the song is just a little more personal than I usually get. Uh, yeah. That's uh, just it's just real life emotions. Okay. We'll leave it at that and let people interpret it. Uh, as they as they want to. This is Fast Life by Noah Twenty Three from the wonderful new record, which is could be pronounced Ecositria or Icositria, <laughs> yeah, a Greek. Look it up. It means twenty three. Uh, and uh, Noah, uh, you know, I love you, buddy. I, I really am proud of you. If that makes any sense, and I'm I'm happy for you is probably a better way of putting it. I'm not your father. Why should I be proud of you? But I am. I'm proud of you <laughs> no, as my friend. No screens at the table. No screens at the table, Dad. Papa says no screens at the table. No, I really appreciate this time and thank you for it. And I hope to see you soon and best of luck in the future. Thanks so much, Vish. Yeah.
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, that was fun for me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Noah23, really one of the, the greatest rappers I've ever seen or heard in my life. Thank you once again, Noah, for being on this, the uh, 751st episode of Creative Control. I wonder if that number is significant. I don't know enough about numerology. But anyway, this is currently and was, almost was, the 751st episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever it is you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you've heard about and are looking for it, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative, or you can follow me directly on Instagram and on Twitter at vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol to make a flexible monthly donation to support this podcast. That is the primary source of revenue that I receive for all of the work I put into uh, the podcast that I give away for free. A $6 American or more a month grants you access to some exclusive content. Sometimes I dig into my archives to find things that I think uh, you might find interesting. Archives meaning uh, my time preceding uh, this pod- making this podcast. So it occurred to me that Noah... And I have done a billion interviews, it feels like, but he's never somehow been on this show. As you heard, he was kind of uh, on hiatus there for a good six years, and the show's ten years. So I don't know. We just it never happened. But we we've, we've spoken for uh, other outlets, uh, magazines. Uh, so who knows? Maybe I'll dig into my uh, my archives and see if I can dig up one of those old Noah conversations. Because uh, yeah, as you could tell, I love the guy. I love his work. So. Anyway, I'm, I've gone off track. Some of the stuff, some stuff like that, ends up in the arc in the uh, in the Patreon uh, bonus features. So if you're interested in supporting the show and maybe getting some bonus content, or just supporting the show because you like all the work uh, that is available uh, that is for free, otherwise, again, visit Patreon.com/slash/CreativeControl. Thank you so much. Speaking of thanks, I want to thank uh, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks to uh, my dear friend Jim Guthrie, someone I've collaborated with. Actually, Jim helped me on a track I did once with Noah23. And uh, Jim lends me music for this show, and you can learn more about him at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Noah. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll check out his new album and his all of his records. They're fantastic. 
Thanks for uh, subscribing to this podcast or following it and telling your friends to maybe do the same. And thank you for being you. I hope you're well. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.